What do you want me to say? That everything's okay? Maybe it's not. You want me to say that everybody's going to be healthy and just gearing up in time for the games that really matter? You want me to say that they have a chance, a realistic chance, to beat a Carolina or a Florida or the Rangers who overwhelmed them in the regular season? Is that what you want me to say? I'm not equipped to do that. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Oilers 5, Penguins 1. The outcomes don't matter. The ugliness does. Getting outskated like that, getting outskilled like that, getting out goaltended like that, losing another player to injury, although it was Jason Zucker who pretty much just lives on that list at this stage of his career. That stuff does matter. When you're a week out from game one on the road, most likely in New York, since the Capitals lost as well, and they remain a point behind the Penguins, most unfortunately for the Penguins. Carolina won the Metro Division, so it's going to be one of those three, depending on how things play out between the Penguins, the Capitals, and the Bruins down there at the bottom. And I don't have some rosy spin on this for you. I just don't. Um, I'll I'll hear occasionally uh, from people who are readers of my written columns for DK Pittsburgh Sports saying things like, you know, give us some hope, throw something out there. What is there that, you know, we can look for? And, and it just, that's not what I do. That's, that's not the role. That's, that's really not anything remotely resembling reporting or journalism. The goal, the objective of this, whether it's in written form or spoken form, job that I do is to tell it like it is, whichever way that happens to go, or at least to share what it is that I'm feeling about what it is. And I'm not feeling much of anything from this team. I'm not. A lot of things have gone quietly, gradually wrong over the last two, three months. And they've hidden it at times with outcomes, meaning they've beaten somebody, maybe in a way that they shouldn't have or they didn't deserve it. Or occasionally they would just really feel it and just go out there and like they did last week against the Bruins. You know, they had that four-day break and just felt their legs and were flying around and scored a bunch of goals and hats were flying and everything was just like it was back in December and January for a day, for a day. But it isn't there every night. It isn't there on any regular basis, certainly nowhere near what it was when the Penguins were just throttling teams over all 200 feet of ice for the first four months of this season. 
Did they collectively run out of gas? Are they too old? Did Tristan Jari get overused? And then by the time playoffs come around, nobody's really got anything left. And the only guys who would have any energy don't matter because they can't score, meaning all of the bottom six guys. That's your hockey team right now. That's what you've got entering the playoffs next week. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I don't mean to be a downer, and I don't take anything back either about what I said about this team over those first four months. I'll say it again. I'll react to what it is. I don't like to enter any equation with preconceived notions and then say, well, I said this in November, so I've got to stick by it no matter what. No. I made multiple references, both written and spoken, about this being a hell of a hockey team. Hell of a hockey team. Why? Because they were. They were beating teams, the best teams in the league, in Pittsburgh, on the road, through defense, through offense, through goaltending, through elite power play performance in January, through elite penalty-killing performance for really most of the season. For the first half of the season, they had all kinds of secondary scoring. Made everything seem possible. Evan Rodriguez looked like a guy you'd throw yourself in front of a moving train to sign to a long-term deal through Christmas. Remember that? Now, he's an unrestricted free agent, and people will be happy to drive him to the airport. My opinion on the team didn't change anywhere near as much as the team and its performance changed. To me, it feels like these Penguins have run out of energy. And as a result of running out of energy, for whatever reason, they've run out of all of that vital vibe that they had, that uh, swagger is what Mike Sullivan always calls it, especially on the road. And I was out there with them on a lot of these trips, and I felt that. They would go into these places like, yeah, absolutely, we should beat this team. Toronto had won 10 in a row the first time the Penguins were up there. Penguins just mowed them down, mowed them down. Minnesota Wild, not all that long ago. Hottest team in the league, seven wins in a row. Like nothing. This happened a lot over the course of this season, but it doesn't happen often enough or steadily enough. And that tends to be when you see a team getting older, getting slower getting less energetic. Remember the Penguins' 
first big surge of 2022? It actually started after that COVID break. Remember that all teams in the NHL had right around Christmas time and into the new year? Why did the Penguins come back like a house on fire? They were rested. They were healthy. Their old bodies were mended. Same thing last week with the four-day break in the game against the Bruins. That's what we're looking at right now. I believe we're looking at a team that's old and slow and out of energy. And as I've maintained all through this, including when they were winning, including on this very show, the morning after they opened the season in Tampa with that dominating effort against the Lightning right after they'd celebrated their two Stanley Cup championships there on the same ice. And I asked Mike Sullivan after that game, isn't this a tough way to play over 82 games? And I brought that up with you right here as well. Isn't this a tough way to play over 82 games and to expect that from these guys? Well, it is. But guess what? It also was the only way they were going to pull this off. Where are they going to find that energy now? You know? I mean, they do get the weekend off after playing Columbus on Friday. Is that is that going to be enough? I don't know. I, I don't have anything for you. I just don't. When we come back, just one question. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Today's J1Q comes from Francis Spencer, who asks, Is a Red Wings-like nuclear winter inevitable following the 87-71-58 era? If not, then what steps should the Penguins take over the next three to five seasons to avoid that fate? Obviously, Francis, and you know this in asking, this is a question that's going to be much easier to field once the playoffs are done. If the Penguins are out after the first round for a fourth consecutive year, questions will be asked of absolutely every single individual in the organization with the exception of Sidney Patrick Crosby. That even includes the head coach of this team. That's just how it's going to go. And when you have that type of failure become persistent and you are operating within an organization that has a certain standard that's been set for a very long time and, by the way, has been both met and exceeded by a lot of these same individuals in previous years, that ain't good enough. 
And there's going to be a lot of harsh words. There's going to be some criticism, some fair, some unfair, because emotions are going to be high, especially in the public. Teams and players and coaches can live in the year and most often do. They'll talk about how this season is just this season and they don't attach things to previous years. They just don't do it. They don't believe in it because they're looking at the same faces pretty much in that locker room and they're not looking anymore at, you know, Patrick Hornquist or Chris Kunitz or whatever. They're looking at different players, different people. So they don't make a whole lot of, oh, we did this last year. We did this four or five years ago. The best I can do, and you're obviously asking a hypothetical here, is to believe, and I really do believe this, that there is such a thing as a hybrid rebuild. There is such a thing as surrounding Sidney Crosby with a faster, younger team that plays the Sullivan style much more efficiently and without running out of gas. It can't be a coincidence, for example, that the system really works when everybody's fresh, as I just mentioned. It also can't be a coincidence that whenever Sullivan's really had his back against the wall in terms of personnel, whether it's because of injuries or COVID or whatever, and he has nothing to put on the ice other than a whole bunch of Brian Gibbons types, he does really well. Why? Because those players will listen to him, and those players will have energy to spare. So do you maybe reset the roster in a way that you've got yourself Sidney Crosby in a top six that's compelling, but you legitimately load up the rest of your forward group with a whole ton of these energy guys that play the Sullivan way? And do you, in turn, find a way to make your defense a little bit younger and a little bit faster and give up on some of the big money that you spend, notably on Brian Dumoulin, who seems to be a sacred cow in this whole scenario? Get Pierre-Olivier Joseph up to Pittsburgh, finally. Get a couple of the Wilkes-Barre guys. I don't want to exaggerate what's down there. It isn't much, but get a couple of them into the mix. If you do that, and you have the right top six, and you have the right set of defensemen, and you have, you know, Jari healthy, you can do something. I'm not going to suggest that's a cup contender, but I do think it's a better mix than what they have right now with a lot of older guys and a lot of very important positions and situations. And I know all you're going to hear when you when I say that is, ah, that's Andy, once to get rid of Gino, once to get rid of Tanger. I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there where I'm going to go parsing through individual players and whatever. Let's see how the playoffs go. Let's see if they last longer than a week and a half this time. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to this utterly dreary episode of Daily Shot of Penguins. I'll be back with more happiness tomorrow. 